0: Well, good morning. This is not Jonathan. Pastor Jonathan is not speaking. This is the younger version of him when he had hair. I'm just kidding. Uh, I hope you're not recording this. Well, hey, my name is, is Phil. I am the Impact and Groups Director here, and I'm so excited to be able to speak to you guys this morning. We are in week two of our identity crisis today. And does anybody know what day it is? Anybody know? Today is National... Dessert Day. Yes, we have a national day for every single day here um, in, our, in, our, in our great country, and today is National Dessert Day. So in honor of that, I figured we have some fun before we jump into this. And, and I don't know if you knew this, but you can tell a lot about yourself by the dessert that, that you like. So what we're going to do is we're going to put some pictures of some different desserts up here, and we're going to read the type of people that like these desserts and what you're going to realize is if you're having an an identity crisis you can find it in desserts today and some of you are like amen just just keep on preaching right now all right so so we're gonna are you guys with me here so just give a shout out if the picture on the screen is your favorite dessert I just need you guys to make some noise and then I'm going to read and everyone's going to know about you here we go all right the first one we have some chocolate chip cookies we have any lovers of chocolate chip cookies Awesome. Awesome. So if you like this, then you enjoy the classics. You stick to your guns and you're really strong and determined, but you have a soft spot in the middle, kind of like a good gooey cookie. So that's you. Okay. We have the next one coming up right now. Oh, who likes a piece of cake? Oh yeah. I love some cake too. So if you like cake, then, then you are a sweetheart with great taste you are a people pleaser, and you're a very creative person. Is that is that kind of fit? Okay, I'm not, okay, it, it, this is horrible. Okay, next one. Okay, some cupcakes. Who likes cupcakes? I love them because you don't feel guilty. You just keep eating them, and it's like, oh, they're small, so they don't have that many calories. Um, so if you like cupcakes, then you don't like to share. You don't. That's the kind of person you are. Um, the, you're, you're You're polite. You're, res- you're respectful, um, but you have a little bit of, of, of a wild side in you if you like cupcakes. Okay, we're going to keep moving on. The next one we have, brownie. This is one of my favorites, a warm brownie with some ice cream. Lord, you live life to the fullest. You're a risk taker and an adventure seeker. You're a passionate person who loves new things. That's who you are if you like brownies. Okay, we're going to move on to the next one here. If I can get this up, oh, this is some warm apple pie, guys. Come on, it's fall, y'all. Okay, so if you like pie, you're traditional in almost everything you do. No matter what people change, you still got the pink carpet and the wallpaper in your house. You are traditional. You stick to your roots. And who knows, you might be the next Martha Stewart. Just skip over the whole jail thing. All right, so we got the next one, ice cream. Who loves some ice cream in here? Yes, you're a go-getter who can't be stopped and won't stop. You are constantly doing stuff, full of, act, full of activity, full of energy. If you like ice cream, and the last one, which um, I actually relate with, well, we have one before that. Sorry, the frozen yogurt, I almost skipped over because it's so boring, it's not even really a dessert. But you're the trendy, cool person. You know, you wore skinny jeans before they were cool. Okay, we're gonna skip over the frozen yogurt and get to my favorite one, Candy. Candy, let me just read this. I mean, this, my wife's sitting out there and she's like, this describes you, Phil. You're a wild child. Your love of candy began as a child and well, nothing's really changed a whole lot. You're the person that'll go out on a Thursday night and stay out past midnight even though you have a test the next morning. You don't care. You think in the present. So you need somebody who will be supportive of your adventures, but also keep you from crossing the line. And that is what my wife does for me. She keeps me from stepping over that line. So if she stands up today, you know I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I probably shouldn't go. And she's like, stop, stop it right now. So I want to have some fun with this. Let's pray real quick, and we're going we're gonna to jump right in. Lord, thank you so much for today. God, I pray that you would speak to me, speak through me, change all of us, help us to walk out different than when we came in today. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're going to jump right in. Today we're talking about identity security. Identity security, and this word security, is a very hot topic. We all want to feel secure. We do. It starts at a young age and it continues all the way until we get older. And and because of this, we have invented the greatest thing and also the biggest headache ever. It's this right here. Passwords. Passwords. They're meant to protect everything that's important to you. And I used to love passwords back when they were simple, when they first started and this whole deal was cool and the Internet just came. And and thank you, Al Gore, for the Internet. And, like, passwords were cool. And my first password was literally this, stump. It was the name of my dog. My dog's name was stump. He had his tail chopped off, looked like a stump. So So that was my first password. That's all good. I can remember that. And and then they started adding requirements because I think they realized that stump wasn't too secure, right? So people could probably guess, like, oh, Phil's dog is stump. Let me try that, you know, hack into everything. So then the first requirement they did was a capital letter, right? So I was like, Psh, I can deal with that. Here's my new password, capital S, stump, right? Not a big deal. This is honest to God. And then the next one they started coming out with was you got to have a letter. Or I mean, I'm sorry, a number at the end. You got to have a number. So I was like, no problem. I'll just put stump one. You know, so I'm just, so far, like, this is all good. You guys, I mean, this is great right now. And then they went and did it. They started requiring a minimum amount of characters. So when I put this in, a little red thing came up and said, you don't have enough characters. I'm like, oh, that's not good. So then this happened. And stump was no longer good enough, which made me very sad. So I had to change my password. And then they added this. This is my favorite. You have to have a special character. Like, what does that even mean? It's, it's like you have to press shift to get to the special character. And if it's on your phone, it's like that third keyboard screen. You have to keep pressing the options. And then you finally get to what's called the special characters, right? You have to add that in there. So my password went from stump, right, stump one, to, to this right here. To duke is puke. One, one, exclamation, exclamation, asterisk, asterisk. That's, that's the password, right? Sorry, I'm a Carolina fan. Man, we lost last night, but I had to rep the blue. Oh my goodness. So this is what I did. And so, and so we have to memorize this. And then you get, this is my favorite one. That for security reasons, you need to reset your password. So by the time you've memorized the other one, they're making you change it like every 30 days now. So you have multiple passwords, for multiple websites, and you have no idea how to even access your own information. But then you hear about these breaches, right? So I'm like, well, I can't access, but some guy in Russia can. Like, that's, that makes a lot of sense. And there was a breach with a company called Equifax last year. You guys remember this? So Equifax, the same company that is putting security requirements on my password, evidently forgot to put special characters because they got breached, how does that happen? So I get an email, no joke, I get an email that says, your identity could have been compromised. Somebody may have stolen your identity and I'm thinking, well, they'll give it right back because nobody, nobody wants to be me. But they said, hey, you need to take action immediately, like big bold, and they said, you need to freeze your credit. And I'm like, what? freeze my, I don't even know what that means. So I had to look up some stuff and I figured out how to freeze my credit. So I went and I froze it and they were like, congratulations your credit has been frozen your identity is safe no one's going to spend all the money you don't have anyways and it's going to be great and I'm like hallelujah I'm saved well fast forward about a year um my wife and I just found out that we are uh, pregnant with our fourth talk about an identity crisis um definitely an identity crisis so that little chair right there will eventually have a, a boy if you don't get that blue whatever um So with this many kids, I'm like, we got to buy a bus. We got to go out and get something. So we went out to try to buy some new cars. Okay. So I go to the car place and we're looking and Kristen finds one. And y'all, I'm going to tell you, my wife doesn't know how to make decisions real well. So when she finds one she likes, it's like, let's get this thing now. Like, let's do the work. So I go in and I'm like, we want this car. And like, okay, we have to run your credit. So they ran it and they came back and (laughs) of course, It's still frozen, right? So they're like, your credit's frozen. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that. Like, what do I have to do? Well, you have to thaw it. I'm like, well, how do you thaw your credit? So, I mean, he's like, you gotta call Equifax. So I called Equifax and this is no joke. I get on the phone and I'm like, I've gotta thaw my credit because I'm trying to buy this, this car, this bus, this van, whatever, like to fit my family. I gotta have this. And she's like, okay, answer a few questions, my name, perfect, social security number, perfect, Um, when I was born, where I used to live, some past addresses, all of this stuff to confirm my identity. I answer it all correctly. And then she says, and now you have to name all of the credit cards you have ever opened and the current balance on those credit cards. And I'm like, are you? Like, you mean back in college when I got that American Eagle gift card just to save 10% and I paid it all? Like, I've got, yeah. So I, I start going through all these credit cards and I can't remember them. So I keep saying, is that all? And she would reply back to me, I don't know. Are there any more? And I'm like, uh, maybe there was this one. And she would be like, I don't know. Are there any more? I'm like, can you, can you give me something? I don't know. Are there? It was like, she couldn't say anything else. Like she was trained to say just just that so we go through this whole thing I mean this is days of me talking back and forth with Equifax and finally I get a lady on the phone and I'm like ma'am I don't know what I need to do here I've got to get I've got to get my credit thawed and she said well if you'll just take a picture of your driver's license and you write this letter you'll fax it in and within two weeks I will get your credit I'm like I can't wait two weeks you don't understand like I have to get this car now so she's like, Oh, well, did anyone tell you about the email? I was like, No. She's like, Yeah, we sent you an email when you froze it. And in that email, there was a four digit pin. And if you can just go find that pin real quick, we'll dethaw your credit. And I was like, Are you kidding? I, I, I mean, the words, I, I mean, I couldn't even say what I was thinking. I'm like, Are you? That's how simple it was. I just needed to go back to that email, find this four letter pin or four number pin, and that was going to be. The end of it, yes, sir, Did no, one, no one told me that. So I find the email super fast, give them the four-digit pen, and look at that. My credit was stalled. Where I wanna go is this. We love to complicate things. We do. We do it with big things. Like, think about our kids, right? I mean, I was in the front seat when I was like one years old. And now you've got to have like these seats, right, that have all the separate. I mean, like my wife's trying to talk me and like buy new ones. And we just have that. We've used the same car seat for all four of our kids. <gasps> oh, my goodness. They're going to die. Like, but just think about how complicated. Then, and then it's like the small things, too, like where we're going to eat. Like, we'll get in the car, it's like, we're hungry, where are we going? I don't know, what do you want? I don't know, and I'll say something. Nah. And then it goes, and so we complicate the big things, the small things. We, we just love, it seems like, to complicate, to complicate things. And I think the reason why we do this is because we aren't sure of anything. Like, thank goodness for the internet, but also I wish it just wasn't there, because before the internet, you just kind of did what you did. Now, since you have so much information, you're just really not sure of anything because people say this and they say this. And you got someone on social media posting this and this. And you're not sure who's right, who's wrong, and what you even need to do. And so life gets so complicated. But I want to suggest to you today that your identity can be as simple as a four-digit Number And maybe the reason that some of you in here don't feel super secure in who you are is because you've overcomplicated it. You've made it too complicated. and And, and maybe, just maybe today, God is going to whisper and say, it's so much simpler than what you're trying to make it right now. Stop trying to make this so complicated. So security is something that is with us from the time we are born. So if you have kids, or if you were a kid, which that includes everyone in here, okay? So I hope you know I'm talking to all of you, okay? Um, a, a lot of times it starts um, it starts with, with your parents. Like when you're born, they always tell you to do the whole skin-to-skin thing, and that's because the baby feels like it's in the womb, and it gives them a sense of security. Um, but as you get older, it, it, it kind of turns into like things. And so when you're a kid, you probably at one point had something that looked like this, okay? And you would sleep with, this is actually mine from when I was a kid. It, it plays like Jesus loves me. You like turn that little thing. It's probably so nasty. I don't even, it's matted. Um, the nose is broke. Anyways, but this bear right here was my security. If it was not with me in my bed, forget about it. Not a good night. So I, I, have, I have almost four kids, three and a half now. Um, and so I knew a lot about this. So my kids are no different. Um, my daughter... Addison, this this was her security. It was a little duck passy, right? This thing, Um, and this thing right here actually became not just her security, but my wife's security as well, because she gets so attached to stuff. Um, And so, I mean, there was one time we lost this, and I had to drive all the way to Greensboro to like find this thing because it was that bad. But this is what my my daughter had to have this, or it just wasn't a good thing. And so, my um, my youngest daughter Avery has a bear as well. But I want to talk to you real quick about my son, um, Austin. Cause he's the worst at this. This is one of his. Uh, it's called Echo. It's one of his little whales he sleeps with. But but this kid, everything he buys, he has to put it in the bed with him. Um, we did the groups event. And, uh, he found a pumpkin. He wanted that pumpkin in his bed with him. And we're like, Austin, you can't have the pumpkin in your bed. He he screamed. He was like livid. Like I want the pumpkin in my bed. I was like, dude, you can't have the pumpkin in your bed. It ain't gonna happen. That's how he said it was pumpkin. Um, so. But from a young age, like we long for security. We gravitate towards security. And if we're honest, it doesn't change as we get older, right? We look to our status and to our jobs and, and, and we, look, we look to having the biggest house or we have to have this car or that boat or that RV or whatever. And we do all these things as we're trying to find security and who we are. And I want to suggest that it can be much simpler with that, I think we're making it way more complicated. So here's a graphic of of what your identity looks like if you're if you're like a visual person, right here. Um, this is like one of those graphics where you have to figure out like what you're looking at. I, I think it's like a person, another person. But when I looked when I looked identity up, this is the graphic that kept coming up over and over again, and it was very interesting. They talked about how all of us go through four stages of identity. We're going to go through these. Really quick right now. Um, the first one is identity diffusion. And I just wanted to simplify this because I'm not that smart. We're just going to call these, these people drifters. So you start as, as a drifter and you're kind of just like going through life and you don't really know who you are. You're not really committed to anything. You're just kind of drifting around trying to figure out like your place, who you are in this world. And then it moves to the next level, which is identity foreclosure. I'm gonna call these the bandwagoners. You guys know these fans, right? They start cheering for their team when they start doing well. Well, that's kind of what, what this person is. You start finding security in your family, in society, and, and you, you kind of act based on what they say. So you're jumping on different bandwagons right here. And then the next one is identity moratorium. I had to practice that word so much, moratorium. Identity moratorium. And, and, and these are the buffet lovers, which is my favorite restaurant, by the way. I had to put this in there, Golden Corral. Right, amen? Anybody, nope, nope, okay. This is my favorite restaurant, so I'm a buffet lover. Um, I had to fit it in there somehow, so that was how I fit it in. So anyways, I will go back to the uh, actual, yeah, buffet lover, there we go. Um, but these are the buffet lovers, right? They're the people that they can't commit to anything. They wanna try, it all. yeah, I'll try this. Yeah, I think I may try to be this today. Yeah, I wanna try to be this today. And they're the people that are so inconsistent because they're just trying on different things as they're going through life. And then you finally reach the pinnacle when you get to identity achievement. And these I want to call the knowers. They know who they are. They're committed to who they are to the point where even if a new idea is presented to them, they stay who they are because they are secure in what they know and who they are. And so no matter what idea is suggested or what new thing comes along, if it goes against what they know, they don't want any part of it. They're secure in their identity. They know who they are. So identity security, I want to give you this definition real quick. Identity security is a firm focused and unwavering commitment to who you are. That no matter what is presented, you're like, okay, I'm not offended by that. I'll talk to you about that. Yeah, I'll love you through that because I am secure in who I am. I have a firm, focused and unwavering commitment to who I am. So today we're gonna answer three questions. First one is, who am I? Second one is, who do I choose to be? And the third one is, What does this mean? So who am I? Who do I choose to be? And what does this mean? And we're going to do that by looking at three words. The word in, the word of, and the word enough. Those three words. If you don't remember anything else today, remember in, of, and enough. I'm even gonna put it in a little um, formula for you here. I was really horrible at math. Um, actually, I'm so horrible that I was supposed to be an equal sign, but it should be n plus of equals enough, but because I stink at math, actually, I'm gonna put n plus of plus enough um, equals enough. We're gonna go back to enough. So n plus of equals enough. That's, that's the thing I want you guys to hang on to Today, all right, so to do this, we're gonna, we're gonna pop through some scriptures r- real fast, okay? So this one is found in John 15, 19, and, and, and this is awesome. This is Jesus speaking here, and he says, you are, you are in the world, but if you belong to the world, its people would love you, but you don't belong to the world. So this, you are in, you are in the world. I think we can all agree that everyone sitting in this room, we are in the the world. That wasn't our choice. We didn't like get to choose whether or not we were in the world. We are are in. So you are in. And the next scripture I want to take you through is is Romans 12.2. Don't be like the people of of this world, but let God change the way you think. So this is where we get the famous expression, you are to be in the world, but not of the world. And some people are like, well, I don't even know what, how do you even do that? But a lot of us live in, but not of. A lot of us live in, but not of. I think what this tri- what this scripture is trying to tell you, me, everybody is that the in we can't choose, but the of, that's Our choice. You are in the world. You are in the family you're in. You were born in the situation you were born in. You are the person you are. You look the way you look. You didn't get to go up there and say, hey God, like I'd like to pick this, this, this. You are, you were just in. It wasn't your decision. But the of, the of is our decision. The of is our choice. So you are in, but are you of? As I said before, the end is your decision. The of is our decision. So I want to, I want to take you to another scripture here in a minute. Um, a lot of us think that, like, creation started with the whole seven days and God saying, hey, like, I'm going to make this awesome thing. And then we give him a high five on, like, day seven. He rested and it was amazing. But that's actually not where creation started There was something that God did before all of that. And it was so important. He had to do this before he even created the world. And we're going to look at that in Ephesians right now. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. It's almost as if God wanted you to know this So much that he did it before he even created the world, life, everything that we see and experience. The first thing he wanted you to know is that you're in. He chose us in. So, who am I? I'm in. And this messes with us because in our world, to be in, we have to do things to earn our way in. And God is saying, no. You're in, not because of anything you've done, but because of my decision. I made the decision that you are in. Even if you're here and you're not a Christian, you're in. Even if you don't believe anything, you're still in. He made that decision. We are in. You don't have to try to fit in. You were made in. So you're in but are you of? Some of you need to stop looking for your identity and start living in your identity. Stop looking for it and just start living in who you are and who God made you to be and who God chose you to be. You are in. So what does this look like? What does it look like to be in? There's six things I wanna talk to you about. In Christ Jesus. You are, were, will always be given grace. But are you living like it? That's the of. In Christ Jesus, you were chosen. But are are you living like it? Am I living like it? In Christ Jesus, you are loved, unconditionally loved. But are you living like it? In Christ Jesus, you were forgiven for your sins. But are you living like it today? In Christ, you were made right before God. And in Christ, you have become a new creation. Guys, these are all the things that Scripture says that we are because we're in. And you can't do enough to be in. And you can't mess up enough to be out you are in. All of these things belong to all of us if we just make the choice to live in the in. Some of us are stuck in the in and we need to move to the of. We have to make the choice to live our lives based on this because you, me, every single person, we are in. So, what does this mean? What does this mean for you and me? I think a lot of us, we live in the myth that our activity brings our identity. We live this myth right here. You know these people. They're always busy. They're always doing something because their activity is what brings their identity. It's, it's the whole thought of, of what you do is what you are. And some of us, especially here in this country, we get stuck here. And so when someone asks you who you are, or how you're doing, you always refer back to an activity. Oh, work's going great. Oh, I love fishing. It's like every, your whole identity is wrapped up in what you do. And no wonder, no wonder we get stuck in this cycle because we're living as if our activity brings our identity. Well, the problem is what happens when the activity is not good enough anymore. You have a crisis This makes life more complicated and you get stuck in the endless cycle of never being good enough. And so you just keep doing more stuff and you do more stuff. And yet all along, God is trying to whisper and say, you're making this whole security thing, this whole identity thing too complicated. Let's let's simplify it. And when you simplify it, you realize this right here, we are enough because he is enough. It's not based on anything that we do. It's based on the fact that before this world was created, he said, you're in all my creation, you are in. It's our job to simply make the choice and when we do, we realize that we're enough. Our identity is enough. We're secure because he is enough. It's nothing that we can do. It's what God has already done. It's what he's already chosen. It's what he's already decided. And when you start living this way, your activity no longer becomes your identity, but your identity becomes your activity. This is where God wants us to live. This is how he wants to simplify it. He wants you to know that because you're in, because you're forgiven, because you have grace, because of all those things, hey, hey, now you can just be you. You're freed up to do the activities based on who you know you are. He wants us out of this vicious cycle of, of, are we good enough and doing more and doing more and doing more and to realize that our identity is actually what should be driving our activity. It's the whole idea of when you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know who you are, you know what to do. And it feels so good to know. And here's the deal. I know in life, we're gonna have moments when we don't know, when we're not sure, when we wrestle with this, God, am I really still in? Like, this just happened. Am I really still... Am I really, I did this. Do you still say that I'm in? And he's looking down and, and, and saying, yes. Here's a scripture that I love. It's Jeremiah 29, 11. Even when we don't know, he knows. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a hope and a future. So even when you feel like you don't know, God does. He chose you before creation. It's the first thing he wanted you to know is that you are in. And that's where you can find the security for your identity. One more scripture I want to close with is is found in John 10.10. Jesus says that, The thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. He said, I came so that everyone would have life and have it in its fullest. When you live secure in who you are, this is what you get to experience. Life to the fullest. So let's stop running the rat race. Let's be secure in knowing that God chose us before he created anything. And if we rest in that, we will have life to the fullest. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your promises. It's tough sometimes, God, in this world. There's so much going on. There's so much we want to do. There's so much we're asked to do. Sometimes we have to just step back and realize who we are in you. And let all of our activities flow from who we are and not try to become who we think we need to be through what we're doing. Help us to find our security in knowing that we are in, that you chose us before creation. In your name we pray, amen.